We made it, buddy. We made it. Training camp starts, buddy, two days. How about it? Man, it's been a long ride, but it's showtime. Let's go. Let's do it. Welcome in to episode 114 of Out of Your Falcon Mind, Atlanta Falcons fan cast. My name is John, your host, joined by my co-host, my man, Mr. Mike Cottrell. What's going on, dude? I'm hyped, man. Uh, I'm just excited, man. I wait all year for this, like, Christmas, buddy, and it's here. It's showtime. It's go time. Literally is, man. It's Christmas in July, man. It really is. Like, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, we've had to struggle through the summer and talk about mm-hmm. stupid articles are being written and just you know much of nonsense and now we can actually get to some football that matters and uh as always guys coming to you on the variety sports network make sure you check out variety sports and what shows they have on there man they're growing so definitely baseball football basketball racing whatever you like go check it out they got a show for you um also we are 699 subscribers i know we're gonna hit 700 at some point tonight and i told everybody we're gonna give away an out of your falcon mind t-shirt when we hit 700 so um, I'm gonna tell y'all at 8 30 because I know some folks are watching pound for pound right now, as you should be watching JR. And, as you uh, should. So they're 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 closing down their uh their show now. So but uh we're gonna give away a shirt at eight, not at 8 30. I'm gonna tell y'all how to win the shirt at 8 30. So just mm-hmm. hang around for that. Um if you're new to the channel, welcome in. We appreciate you joining. Actually, you know what? There's somebody brand new, and look at this very first comment, Miss Jackie Galloway. Miss Jackie, thank you. Actually, I she came. She found us through our guest, who I'm going to go ahead and bring in, Mr. Scott Kennedy. How's it going, buddy? Mr. Scott Love Kennedy. Jacqueline. Jacqueline coming in and supporting the show, and I promise you, we'll hit 700 tonight. Absolutely promise you. So make sure you're, you're, uh, you know, drop a link into for your YouTube channel into the all of them to make sure you're hitting mine because we are simulcasting to uh, two of my stations, my YouTube channel. And then Atlanta Falcons fans on all Falcons on Facebook. So should be lots of new audience and uh, happy to collaborate with you all tonight. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We appreciate you. I mean, we don't always get to see like I'll be able to catch a couple of your live shows recently, but, you know, due to work and whatnot, sometimes I can't always catch it. But I try to catch the replays always, you know, Um, so we really appreciate you coming on, man. But, yeah, as I was saying, Miss Jackie just just joined. uh, I think she just subscribed today and. and she joined on the Facebook group. So, yeah, awesome to have her there. Um, and we do Scott have merch. guaranteed 700. Scott just guaranteed, guaranteed it. So it's it's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. I promise you. That's right. So, and you and if, and if you do want to check out some of the merch that we have, it is at bonfire.com backslash out of your Falcon mind. You will find it there. Um, yeah. And that's it. So, um, oh, and also, Scott, we have uh, some of our other creator friends have a like a creator kind of meetup thing. It's going to be happening on August 19th, 7 o'clock uh, at the Taco Mac on Dallas Highway. I'll get you all the details, but if you can make it. I saw make some it out, of that. Man. I think Smitty tagged me in it today. Yes. So we'll, we'll figure something yeah. out. What's nice yeah. is, you know, I, when I, I'm old enough to remember when there was no Internet. And, uh, you know, <laughs> when, it, when all this started, everybody was kind of at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know what, we, we can work together and do better, you know, oh, instead yeah. of trying to divide everybody up. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're all, you know, 
how do you say it? Atlians, ATLians, or there you go, ATLians. Yeah. Yeah. We're, all, we're all ATLians. That's right. Yeah, no, and it's just that's true. I mean, I mean, ever dude, how we started. I mean, we've reached out to literally almost every, um, every creator out there to, and like you know, they've been so generous and kind to us. So it's like, hey, yeah. this is great. You know, we, that's how we've that's how we've been growing. You know, so that's just we try to just return the same to anybody else that wants to come on our show or vice versa. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's great. But yeah, it's gonna be um yeah august 19 7 p.m um i put it on our twitter today which by the way if y'all want to know it's out of your effing mind i couldn't do the entire falcon <laughs> mind because it's too damn long but so out of your effing mind on twitter um if you want to follow us there um so yeah um actually let's just go say hello Jalen. what's up man good to Jaylen, see you what's up rise up dirty fanatics that's chase, chase. What's going on, chase? make up, sure y'all check out chase's channel as well Art, man good to see uh, you dude Art's gonna be there on Thursday too. you're damn Art's right buddy let's yeah. go MacTown, what's up, man? Good Mac to see you, man. MacTown. Harry said, I don't really love the whole Rise Up slogan, but that shirt is fire. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. <laughs> hey, man, it really is. It really hey, is. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I wondered how long they're going to keep Rise Up, you know? Like, especially the down years, I wondered, like, is this? Yeah. This, this is, I don't know. Maybe something different is going to come along. We'll see. Well, someone, someone of mine said they had a problem with, I, I called them the birds. You know, I mean, we're not the, I'm like, dude, when, when your hashtags dirty birds, you're going to have to get over it. If we refer to them to the birds every yeah. now and then it, it, it happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Miss Carrie, what's going on? Carrie, what's going on? So excited for the show tonight. Look, I'm on time again. Thank you, Carrie, for being on time. No more Walmart runs. I'm on time again. Back to my old ways. Just caught me slipping one week. Excited for Scott to be on the show. And we got Scott. Come on. Let's go. That's right. Yep, and we'll uh, we'll go back to the chat. Look, I'm gonna be uh, challenged by the hosting duties tonight, so y'all just yeah. bear with me in the chat. Scott, let's get to your Falcons fandom, man. So, when did it start? When did you become a fan? How did you become a fan? All that good stuff. Well, I was I was moved down here out of the Midwest, like everybody else was, uh, by my parents. You know, in the late '70s, early '80s, when there's a huge migration down here. So, I was five when I was when I moved to Georgia, and one of my first real memories was the 1980 season. And that was a 12 and four team. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles who ended up going to the Super Bowl in the regular season. But in the playoffs, that 12 and four team blew a 14 point lead to the Dallas Cowboys when I was seven years old. At the time, I didn't realize that was going to be a lifestyle choice for the next 46 years of my existence as an Atlanta Falcons fan. Um, I've worked in media for years and years and years. And I, it, one of the phrases is you end up becoming more of a name, uh, more of a fan of the name on the back of the shirt instead of on the front of the shirt. So, you know, I'm not a diehard like I used to be, but, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm in Atlanta, and I'll always be paying attention to everything that's going on with the hometown team, running the Falcons podcast, interacting with everybody here. Uh, but I, I grew up to love the process of team building because, again, that was the only winning season the Falcons had in the 80s was that 1980 season. So until I was 18 or 19 years old, I didn't see another winning season until it was Jerry Glanville in those black uniforms. Yep. Yeah, so who was your favorite player when you first started watching? Early was probably William Andrews. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, and then it probably became, uh, Then I was asked earlier today, uh, you know, who was my all-time favorite Atlanta Falcon? I'm like, it was Jesse Tuggle, you know, by far. Just, you know, the true underdog. I think he was a walk-on at Valdosta State. Yeah. 5'10, undrafted guy, ends up, you know, just becoming, you know, the hammer. Cool nickname as well. Oh, yeah. Um, lives in my neighborhood now. I live in his neighborhood. Let me rephrase. 
I live in oh, his wow. neighborhood. <laughs> and, and they tried uh, to kick me off the show. Him. I'm not going to miss Scott, man. Come on now. I got to meet him because his son, when I was covering recruiting in Georgia, his son was coming out of Peachtree Ridge, was a pretty good quarterback, Justin. So I got to meet Mr. Tuggle. I got to meet Jesse uh, and, awesome. and do some, you know, get, get to meet him a little bit. So Jesse Tuggle is my all-time favorite Atlanta Falcon. Oh, I love, I love it, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So when we, when for anybody that doesn't know, Mike and I started watching, really paying attention in about 1991. So yeah. Mike's yeah. from DC. He saw Dion play. That was it for him. Yeah, even though it. he was, even though he was in the heart of Redskins uh, country <laughs> yeah. at the time, didn't matter. Um, I I'm from Virginia, but um, my parents moved down here when I was three. So mm-hmm. they were basically told me like, you know, my dad was like, you got to make a decision. It's gonna be Redskins, gonna be Falcons. I don't care. Uh, and I didn't really, I was kind of teetering. And then right before, I think it was what the 92 was at the NFC championship game, uh, the, the Falcons and the Redskins, I chose the Falcons. They lost kind of like you, Scott. I was like, Oh shit, did I go wrong with this one here? Cause this might not, <laughs> but it's okay. Chose the Falcons stuck with them ever since. Uh, those and, were, uh, those were formative years. You mentioned Deion Sanders. So again, I was seven in 1980. I we get to 1989, and I still had not seen a winning team with the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> since that 1980 yeah. team. So I became a fan of the draft. The Falcons had the number one overall pick in '88. Uh, so that was when I really started paying attention to the draft when they took Andre Bruce number one overall. He had a decent rookie season, and then 1989 comes along. Number one, Troy Aikman. Number two, Troy and uh, Troy uh, Tony Mandarich. Number three, Barry Sanders. Number oh. four, Derek Thomas. Number five, Deion Sanders. Four of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Yep. So I'm 16 years old watching these guys their next year in the NFL, and I'm like, oh, my God, this draft stuff is awesome. <laughs> so, you know, little did I know it's not like that every single year. But, yeah, yeah. formative years. That, so that draft, and you're talking about Deion, in a way, that draft and Deion Sanders helped shape my career for the next mm-hmm. – how old am I now? 35 years of my life. Wild. That's a crazy – Shout out to Deion, man. He really did change a lot of people's lives. Jordan, what's that? Thank you, Jordan. Good evening, Falcons fam. Excited for this season. Hope everyone is doing well. Much love to all the Falcons content creators. Much love to you, Jordan, for always being positive, always rocking since day one. I love you, buddy. Appreciate it, Jordan. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, dude. Um, Scott, I got to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. What did the Dion draft due to Georgia because I wasn't here I was still in like DC like what did that do was the whole city like did, did y'all know he would be that no no nobody did um okay. in fact I, I didn't I don't really it wasn't really paying attention I know there was some excitement around him and you know Dion came on with with the Jerry curl and all the gold yeah. chains and with all this jury. kind of stuff and I remember you know my mom going oh my god you know <laughs> what is this guy you know this is like I said, this is 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, Tim Worley, I think, is who went number six overall. I mentioned, you know, I mentioned those guys. And Tim Worley went to the Steelers and was a running back from the University of Georgia. So Georgia fans have been bitching about Falcons not taking oh, Georgia guys for the beginning time. For I got so you. there was probably complaints that they passed over Tim Worley, if I okay. remember back then. So, um, it's funny. I can't remember, you know, people I worked with last year, but I can rip off the top 10 of 1989 draft classes. <laughs> That's a real fan. <laughs> that means I'm old. It's hard making new memories, man. Fan. That old stuff, though, I, it's etched in stone. I love it. Those are the best fans to me because they, when we win the Super Bowl, which we will win, you will be crying tears. I'll be crying right with you. 
because it's uh, a that, that moment thing. for me really and i don't know that i'll ever be that passionate about it again mm-hmm. um just too much has changed in my life you know you, you, but when i was 25 years old in that 1988 when morton anderson kicked the field goal to put atlanta in the super bowl mm-hmm. that was one of the very highs of my sporting existence was was that moment right there beating that so, 15 and one you, you dead game. inside now scott what now you like saying you dead inside now? <laughs> Not dead, but I just I don't care as much as I used to. You know, now it's about okay, my kid hitting the home run does a lot more for me than I got you. watching Julio Jones catch a touchdown pass or you know, I mean 2016 Sorry. didn't help, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, so on on that, so y'all know your your son's a year older than my son. So and you you told me he was going to be a Falcons fan. So how how did he take that Super Bowl? Did he care? Or was he they, they went to bed. It? I mean, so yeah. 2016, they're in bed, and it was like they got up the next morning because my daughter was actually in you know, what 2016. She was five. She right. was running around like crazy. She doesn't know about the game, but she knows you know be excited and have fun. They got up the next morning, so they're seven and five years old. Did you know? Did we win? I'm like, no. What? What do you mean? I'm like. No, and we haven't really talked about it ever again. Damn. <laughs> That's family trauma. Dude, no, I and, mean, and honestly, the Steve Sarkeesian thing did about as much to me that next year was yeah. I'm like, all right, you're you're really gonna hire this guy. I, I ran into Sarkeesian a few times when I was out in LA mm-hmm. uh, as director of scouting. The guy's bad news. He he's always bad news, and you're gonna hand a number one offense to a failed sought and and it didn't go well wow and then he didn't fire him and that's when they lost the team that you know that was when that team was gone that team was done right then Mm -hmm. um yeah you know it's like listen you made a mistake don't double down on it but yeah yeah that's neither here nor there that's ancient history we've got all kinds of good things going on with this team now that's right i I asked because my kid was uh same thing he went to bed at 28 three he woke up same deal. Did we win? No. <laughs> it was 28 cr- to 3. That was the final. Yay. He cried. I felt like a terrible father. I was like, shit. I, dude, you may want to watch somebody else. I'm not, I'm not sure that. I mean, I want you to be a Falcons fan, but if you choose somebody else, I understand. But he didn't. He's he's been like, diehard ever since. Watch sports that much. Yeah, you know, he watched. Like, you know I, I mean, what is broadcast TV gonna do when dude, these kids it's, it's, are in their twenties? Because they don't watch TV. The idea of it's YouTube. Hey, can you fast forward through this commercial? No, it's on right now. What do you mean yeah. it's on right now? Four yeah. into them. YouTube. Oh yeah, no. Oh yeah, I mean the, the the fact that I had to you know record games on VHS and then record over those games on VHS. Yeah. Yep. All the time, just to see. I mean, yeah. Everything I mean, has been was... on demand for them for their entire lives. Yep. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Wallace, Wallace what's my up, man? man? What's going on? Good to see you, bud. Hey, uh, Harry, what's going on? Yeah, man. So that is from um, that is from uh, hexheadart.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying like hell to get a sponsorship from Hexhead because everybody loves it. Uh, and it'll actually change colors. I can make it red, blue, green, whatever, man. It's, and then actually that one is as well, the same thing. But I don't have lights on that one, but it's it's good. Um, Carrie said, I recently subscribed to Scott's channel after watching him do a show with Smitty. Enjoys Smitty! Thank you, Love Jerry. Him. Smitty's good people. Let's go, Sean. That's right, buddy. Let's go. Um, all right. So, yeah, uh, before we get into some of the news today, man, Scott, what was free agency, the draft, like start with free agency, kind of what did you think? Were you happy? Any kind of surprises for you that you know, we picked up? Free agency, I was ecstatic. E- yeah. Ecstatic. 
Um, you know, I had been preaching doom and gloom for the last two seasons, you know, knowing that this team was so handicapped with dead cap money that they're going out there with one leg and one arm tied behind their back, trying mm-hmm. to compete with 60% of a roster. Yep. Uh, those of y'all who've seen me before, you know, know I like to use the joke that they're going out there with Grady Jarrett, AJ Terrell, and a bunch of castoffs from the Bears and Titans mm-hmm. um, and trying to compete. And they still won seven games. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's see what happens now that you've learned how to compete on a shoestring budget. Take that scouting and that frugality and let's take it where we can shop a couple of tiers up and get some mm-hmm. players in. So going and getting a guy like Jesse Bates was a big ticket item, but then mm-hmm. getting maybe sneaky good free agents like Caden Ellis, David Anyamata from the Saints. Um, meanwhile, you weren't forced to go and try and get a bunch of players on offense because your offensive line came around so amazingly over the yeah. last 12 months. I mean, where did Caleb McGarry come from? We were all ready to ship him out before oh, last dude, season. We were killing him. <laughs> you know, and then and Drew Dahlman finished the year strong. Um, you know, yeah. after struggling early last year. You had to replace your left guard. Okay, well, you can figure that out. You know, that's that's not too hard. Um, but I think the entire offense is is homegrown right now, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. You know, when's the last time that has really even happened for a team? And then to go out and spend <clears throat> and get good players on defense. You're, you're excited. Uh, you're you're excited mm-hmm. to see these guys have been putting to get the, a defense together. God bless Dean Peace Man. for being yeah. able to do yes. anything with Grady Jarrett, AJ Terrell, and duct tape in mm-hmm. order to just try and slow people down and keep a game close so Young Way could kick a field goal and win the thing. That I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this team can do with actual professional. No offense to the guys that were there, but you know, they're a lot of them don't have jobs right now. Yeah, no, it, it is what it is. They were on one-year contracts, you know. And I mean, if they performed well, they may have came back. If they didn't, then they weren't. You know, and that was just that was just some total of it. Scott, I gotta ask you, like, are you? Because it it has been a while. It's been a while since we've been good like this. Oh, we've been hyped like this. Are you are you hyped to a realistic? Um, it's still the Falcons. I'm not going to jump off the book. Oh, are you out of your falcon mind right now? Buddy? I don't get too high or too low with it anymore, man. <laughs> I just don't. That it's it's the way it's the way it is. I've been through yeah. too many ups and downs with teams that in another 10 years and after, you know, you're you've had your kids and stuff and all this stuff that I don't get too emotionally charged by the games like I used to. Plus that mm-hmm. I'm a freaking curse, man. Thought the, the Atlanta Braves are playing as well as they've ever played, and that's saying something. Every time I turn them on, they give up like four runs. Damn it! Scott. I'll watch. I'll go watch the Mandalorian or something and watch the box score. I just I I distance myself from it a little bit. Plus now that I'm working because I always worked on the college side of things. My mm-hmm. my career was high school football recruiting and, and, and college football analyst. That now that I'm professionally involved with the NFL. It, it changes the way you view things a little bit. You know, you, you try and take your blinders off, which isn't that hard as a uh, as growing up a Falcons fan because it's not like I was growing up trash-talking people all the time. Right. right. You know, except maybe the Saints. Yeah. Of course. There you go. <laughs> well, to, to backtrack a little bit, so how did you get into, I mean, all Falcons? Like, how did that all come about? Mm-hmm. Just to kind of go back to your That's a long career. story. Um how I started doing all Falcons and the Falcons podcast was my, the, the latter part, last 10 years of my professional career, I was 
I was building networks for other people. So whether it was Scout 24-7 for Sports Illustrated, and I was kind of like the construction guy. Once the house was built, they didn't need me anymore. So I'm like, you know what? I need to, I need to build my own thing. So I got back into content, and I'm having a blast doing it. So I really started getting into my YouTube page, you know, about a year and a half ago. And it's, it's, it's knocking on the door of 4,000 subscribers. And I haven't mm-hmm. really hit it hard. Um, but I've kind of just been kicking around. Do I like doing this? Do I like doing this? And mm-hmm. I keep doing enough of everything to make a living. And I'm having fun doing it. Click. What's the well, most fun, Scott? Out of all this, this done. is I got doing you. doing podcast, yeah. doing live chats with the with with uh, with the fans and everything yeah. is by far the most fun thing. And sometimes I'm kind of moody. I don't know about y'all, but you know, you don't feel like getting up. You know, I don't want to be you. up. I don't want to be on. It's like working out. Yeah, you know, I don't want to work out. And then when you do, you feel great. Like, yep. well, yeah. why is it so hard? to get up for stuff that makes you feel great. And it's so easy to do yeah. stuff that makes you feel like crap. That, that yeah. total insanity. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Absolutely. What's going on, Kira? Hey, Good to see you, Kiki. Mom, what's going on? Make sure you yeah. check her out on one time for the fan. Please, we love you. Yeah, Air Marshall said, William Andrews stuff. Yeah, that's my dad was my dad's guy too. He loved, loved him. He had a son Our, here and in, in, he had a son here named Mike Andrews. It was in one of my first classes, like Oh three or Oh four when I started doing this. So I got to meet a lot of the former Falcons because they all had kids coming through the North Metro area. It's true. Yeah, uh, that's true. I think Sean Bailey, Stacy Bailey's son was mm-hmm. class of Oh four or Oh five. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, Stacy's great dude. Um, got to work some camps with Terrence Mathis. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, guy. Yeah, Terrence Mathis. Yep. Awesome guy. And then what's, to make you feel old now is the guys that you covered have now retired or they're in media like Harry Douglas, you know, 155 oh, yeah. pounds, skinny kid down at Jonesboro right. high school mm-hmm. who could fly, but he was undersized. So he goes to Louisville. He didn't have the big offers, but you know, those little guys get bigger and he mm-hmm. can always run fast. So, you know, guys like that, you know, Calvin Johnson was in one of my first classes and he's way retired. Now you're like, good Lord. Yeah. You know, guys I recovered or having that I covered are having kids of their own. You're like, all right, yeah, I'm getting old. Yeah, I <laughs> you, dude. Nacho, what's going it. on, man? Nacho. Man, Lisa, what's going on? Lisa, what's up, Lisa? Lisa joined us last. Y'all seen this show last week. Go check it out. Lisa was fantastic. She's yeah, a writer she for Blog and Dirty and she killed it. She was amazing. Kendra. Kendra. Good to see you. Been a bit. I see you in a minute. You got the Falcons ladies on your channel, guys. We love them, Uncle Steve. Got to be Mike. It's got to be Mike. Uh, Uncle Steve, what's going on? That was only that was the only game, the 1980 Dallas playoff in my life that I actually shed real tears over a Falcons loss. Albeit, I was 11 at the time. That's I was seven. Man, I wish I would have seen it now. I was I was I was seven at the time, and um. I ended up being kind of a – if you're a Falcons fan, you kind of had to choose another team to root for because the Falcons wouldn't be playing past Thanksgiving. You know, yeah. so I, I ended up being, you know, who's one of my all-time favorite players was Tony Dorsett. You know, those, the, the Cowboys and the Raiders were on TV every week, every yeah. single week. The Cowboys yep. would have the early game and the Raiders would have the late game. So I ended up kind of rooting for the Cowboys. Um, Curse them too. They lose three straight NFC Championship games after that. But – um. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That one, that was one of my, like I said, that's one of my first memories. And little did I know it was, it was going to be like that for a while. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure was. But you're hugging there, Scott, and that's what's important. That's right. uh, Lisa yep. says, uh, Dion, you know, Prime and Vic brought a lot of fans to the Falcons. So I, yes. 
again, working in sports media, I've gotten to not to name drop, but I've gotten to to meet a lot of these guys. And I've done some work with with Michael Vick. And I got to tell him, you're the first person in my life that made being a Falcons fans cool. cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, thank yep. you for that. It was yep. cool. They, they, you know, Dion was one thing. But Vic was a different phenomena. Being the quarterback is better than being even as, as big as primetime was. He still wasn't Michael Vick, the quarterback, the most exciting man in football with the ball yeah. in his hands 50 times a game. Mm-hmm. Michael Vick made it cool to be a Falcons fan for the first time in that franchise's history. Yeah. Thank you, Michael Vick. Yeah. Yeah. You had the freaking Michael Vick experience, for God's sake. Yeah. Like you yeah. Could, you know what I mean? I mean, it was. We love crazy. you, buddy. Yeah, dude. Um, all right. So. It is 830. I told y'all I would tell you what you can do to win the Out of Your Falcon Mind t-shirt. So if you watch the show for a while, you may know this. If not, it is posted on Twitter. You can find it if you go search in the media somewhere. If you Because uh, I posted, I don't know, probably a couple of months ago. Um, if you know it offhand, then it's a little creepy, but it's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So... Yeah, number one, you have the first person that emails us at atlfalconfancast at gmail.com will win a, whatever T-shirt you want. Just got to tell me what you want. Um, mm-hmm. But what is Mike's dream car? He did a whole you segment You remember we it. did a whole thing about it. <laughs> a whole segment I, on You remember we did a whole so, thing and we posted it. We clipped it. We posted it. It was even a hashtag. We even did a hashtag. I don't yeah. want to say too much. Oh, I'll but the only thing I know much. these days are sports and cars and kids' movies. I could probably <laughs> narrow it down. I don't know. I don't know like man. a true dream car or like a realistic dream car. Oh, realistic. Very realistic. Yeah. Very yeah. realistic. It's, you uh you an SUV guy? No. Okay. No. no. It is a foreign car, though. Then we'll yes. get a little, little hint there. But uh yeah, first person to email us. And I'll, if we get an email on the show, I'll 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 let you know. Yeah. But at ATX at ATL Falcon Fancast email.com. Um, go ahead and send it and you can get a shirt. And uh yeah, so anyway, back to the Falcons. Scott, drafting Bijan, what did you think, man? Who did you want? Were you uh, upset, pissed off, happy? What no, I was really upset the last two years, though. Um, and no Even offense to Kyle Pitt. Pitts, no offense to Drake London, but that team wasn't ready to take advantage of receivers you know mm-hmm. i was like you know and what, what made me matter than anything about that kyle pitts pick was the national narrative around it of oh this is a win now move this is a win now yeah. move. i'm like their offensive line is atrocious yeah, their defense yeah. can't stop anybody mm-hmm. how are you going to stop julio jones because it wasn't out yet that julio jones wanted to leave <clears throat> how are you going to stop julio jones kyle pitts and calvin ridley easy I'm going to sack Matt Ryan 65 times yeah. a season. Yep. That's how. And then you still don't, you still have a Swiss cheese defense. So mm-hmm. my fear taking him when you're passing over a quarterback was that it's really expensive to get a franchise quarterback. Now, and if they hit on Desmond Ritter, that's hitting the lottery. If you Big get time. a franchise guy in the third round, that's priceless. Mm-hmm. You can't count on that. <laughs> um so you know how expensive it is to try and get up into the top 10 if you're not in the top 10 to get a quarterback and there's a couple that were staring you in the face in that in that draft. My fear was you'd run through two years of his contract, still not have the quarterback situation settled. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar. And people are talking about, hey, Kyle Pitts is, you know, he's been kind of disappointing. This team wasn't ready to use Kyle Pitts. Yeah, they weren't ready true. to use Drake London. They might be now. 
They might be now, yeah. but the thing about that is, you know, on the long term, and that's what general managers have to try and think of. On the long term, Drake London turned 22 yesterday. Kyle Pitts is still 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Bijan Robinson is 21 years old. You've got an owner that will keep these guys in. We mentioned if, if, if you're, I use it as an age check. If you're complaining about Arthur Blank, you're probably younger than 35 years old. You, you didn't have to live through Rankin Smith when you knew as soon as they had a guy that was going to be any good, Deion Sanders was going to take off. They mm-hmm. weren't going to yep. pay the guy. Nope. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinsons for the next six to eight years. Okay, I can I can get behind that. Now you asked me about Bijan. Um, I am the general manager, analytic, mathematical type two, and I'm looking for positional value a little bit more, knowing mm-hmm. that. I probably would have gone Jalen Carter if you hadn't shown me a rap sheet on him that shows me, okay, this is why you're not drafting him, which we're not privy okay. to. We don't know right. that, you know, so I'm, I'm willing to say we don't know all that. But I probably would have gone Jalen Carter in that spot, knowing that he's really, really good in a position of value at defensive tackle like that. But trying to sell Bijan Robinson was pretty easy. You know, this is a, this is a team that, He's arguably the best player in the draft and a team that will know how to get the best out of a running back and is set up to use him with the offensive line as good as it is. And I just bought a bunch of defensive players and there just wasn't an edge there. There wasn't Mm -hmm. a corner there. There wasn't a wide receiver there that would have made sense taking in that spot. If you didn't like Jalen Carter, Christian Gonzalez fell. Will Mm -hmm. Levis goes into the second round. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to reach for a quarterback. You got the best player in the draft, maybe. Okay, I can I can live with that. Yep, yeah, yeah, those are thoughts yeah. too. I, mean, I I I kind of wanted Jalen, um, and then as like just like you said, I mean the when the, the stuff came out about him, and I started thinking, you know what, maybe like you said, we don't we don't have access to any of the documents that the mm-hmm. team does, obviously, so we don't know we don't know what kind of you know behind the scenes thing they talked to him about or whatever. But if they thought that he didn't wasn't hundred percent in the, to football, then I don't. I'm not taking a chance. We 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 had a guy that wasn't 100 in the football, yeah. and uh, that yep. didn't work out too Guaranteed. well. So, yeah. So, um, you know, and the fact, yeah, he may need to get some distance between Athens and you know, and and Philly's in so a position that, where they were drafting for a luxury. You know, absolutely. Philly could afford yeah. to yeah. take a big risk, big reward on a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If we miss on it, we'll be all right. The Falcons couldn't afford that. They're they're not their roster's not strong enough where they could be taking flyers on number eight overall that's very true and, and what i mentioned about you know I, I wasn't thrilled about the kyle pitts pick i had nothing to do with kyle pitts i wasn't thrilled with the drake london pick I had nothing to do with drake london but if you keep stacking good players forget everything else you'll be all right there, there's a saying in this in coaching circles it's not guys you miss that kill you it's guys that you get that can't play that kill you <laughs> so okay would you have better and better off with uh, jamar chase maybe maybe it's mm-hmm. arguable. You know, most people would probably say, yeah, you'd rather have Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Missing on take not taking Jamar Chase isn't going to kill you if Kyle Pitts ends up being really, really good, which mm-hmm. he is. That's mm-hmm. fine. Drake London. Drake London, Garrett Wilson. I don't care. Drake London mm-hmm. can play. Garrett Wilson can play. Give me either one of them, and I'm okay with that. Bijan mm-hmm. Robinson should be an instant star in this league. Should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now um, I gotta I gotta ask you, Scott. Do you feel like we could use those three people, uh, Bijan, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London? On a scale of one to 10, how sure are you that we could use them now? Uh, 
how effective can they be used with with Drake with uh, Bijan Robinson's at ten? You know, okay. you're you Woo! are going like, to have Scott. I'm out of my Falcon mind. I like I like when you talk like that because <laughs> I'm thinking Super Bowl. But go ahead. <laughs> positive. You can use Bijan Robinson. Positive. He said, "Okay." Now you still have questions around the quarterback position, but Desmond Ritter was able to get the ball to Drake London last year. Kyle Pitts was battling a little bit of a, uh, an injury, and then he got hurt, and he was triple team. Well, why has he only scored two touchdowns? I broke down a play his rookie season against um, Matt Ryan was quarterback, who could throw the ball. They're going against the 49ers. They tried to run the ball, got stuffed. His first and goal from the eight. Run the ball, stuffed. Run the ball, stuffed. Third down and six, you know, goal line. I remember. They rushed two guys, two ends. And dropped nine into coverage, <laughs> including three guys on Kyle Pitts. And those two guys got to Matt Ryan. Yeah. You know, we always say, if I can get pressure with a four-man front, I'm pretty dangerous. What does it say when I can get it with two? Two, yep. So, and I could drop nine into coverage. I like this offensive line. I like the variety of weapons. So you cannot focus completely on one guy or the other. Because, you know what? I'm going to drop Cordero Patterson in the slot and get him the ball. That's I'm going to move Bijan Robinson to the slot. I got Drake London out here in a one-on-one with a 5'11 corner. I'm just going to throw it up. Mm-hmm. So Kyle Pitts will be opened up more. And I think, I don't think this is a huge statement. Desmond Ritter is going to be a better passer than Marcus Mariota. What? Okay. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. I, I know I'm out on a limb with that, but I feel Dude. good in saying that. He can be That's a more a efficient passer than Mariota was. Did y'all know? Because I didn't until last week. I looked it up to see where they were ranked. The Falcons had the number 15 scoring offense last year. Did you realize that? It's crazy, 15. isn't it? I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. They were a field goal away from top 10. So it was like 21.9, 24.9 puts them in the top 10. Oh, man. And they just went and bought seven defensive players. Do I yeah. think this team can be pretty good? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I like it. I love it, Scott. Yeah, and – uh John here says, does Troy Anderson take the next step? Scott, what do you say you about Troy Anderson, buddy? I hope so. Um, I, I know there's some – appreciate the question, John. There's some thoughts of, you know, do you need a Foyer Luakon in here? Do you need a Rashawn Evans in here? Rashawn Evans did some good work. Or is Troy – because Caden Ellis is pretty raw, too, when we're mm-hmm. talking. He played 11 games last year. They're athletic as hell. Troy oh, yeah. Anderson's yeah. – arguably one of the best athletic specimens at his position in the entire league. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a guy that can win player of the year, conference player of the year on offense and defense. I don't care if he's D three or D two, that screams football player to me. I loved him at the senior bowl. I love his athleticism. Keep it simple for him. Just mm-hmm. keep it simple. Just wind him up, go get ball, water boy. him. I, I, mm-hmm. I see the ball carrier. I tackle him. Yeah. That's it. Let him go. And uh, I'm hoping so. But him and Caden Ellis, I think that's a little bit of a concern on the defense. But when you're concerned with uber-athletic guys being out of position maybe because they're overrunning stuff as opposed to veterans who aren't good enough to get there in the first place, yeah, I'll take that. I'll, I'll gamble on the upside. Yeah, actually, I picked Troy as my, I guess, uh, not surprise, but like, you know, step. Let's take, he definitely going to take the next step this year because, I mean, he's a smart kid. We know that coming out of Montana – 
play multiple positions on mm-hmm. quarterback, running back. Multiple positions. Just a, he's got – yeah. I mean, to him – to me last year, it is like the game needed to slow down from him. He was just kind of all over the place. You know, like he was like just shot out of a cannon. Manning and devil. Yeah, he knew one speed, and that was it. He was going to go 100 miles an hour to whatever that was. You know, so I think now – like I said, slow down a little bit, see how things go. But, yeah, I could definitely see him. You know, and people are talking about, oh, step. they should bring back Rashawn Evans. Well, they can. He's still out still there. Still you know, if, if, I was wor- if, I'm, if I'm worried about it, if I'm Ryan Nielsen and I'm worried about it, I could go get that guy. Yeah. They mm-hmm. don't seem to be too worried. That's kind of the thing about Desmond Ritter. You all were talking about it on the top of the show, talking about having to write a bunch of these nonsense articles and stuff, talking <laughs> about this stuff. The disrespect shown to Desmond Ritter has been unbelievable. My goodness, my it's goodness. been it's been a little a little a little crazy just how disrespected he's been for a guy that hasn't really okay. He's he's unproven. Okay, then why do you hate him so much? Yeah, that, why I are you so sure question. he can't play? Yeah, you know, would you have this team as low as you did if Taylor Heineke was a quarterback, yeah, yeah, a proven yeah. veteran who's done some good things, yeah. who? They don't want to play ahead of Desmond Ritter. Is that because yeah. they're just stubborn? Well, or because like Desmond you, Ritter might be decent. And like you said yesterday, I think, or Monday, I'm sorry, on your show, was that yesterday? Yeah, that was yesterday. Um, how different would the narrative have been if he was drafted in the first round? Yeah, you know, it'd like, have been like the same player where Will Levis was. You know, because yeah. when I was doing mm-hmm. mocks, I was taking Ritter with that second round pick a lot. Mm-hmm. When we were doing mocks last year. I was like, okay, yeah. we're going through. Um, the draft worked out where there were like seven really good players that I liked and the Falcons were picking eight. See what I mean about being a cynic? That's just the way it works. (laughs) You know, the number three in 2021 gets three first round picks traded for him. Where are the Falcons picking? Four? Four. Yes, we know. It's just the way it is, man. So when we were doing those, those mock drafts and that second round pick, who did they take with the second round pick last year? Um, Troy. Troy Anderson, okay. Then I was taking Ritter with that pick a lot, a lot, because I was down at the Senior Bowl and got to watch all them play. I'm like, I like this guy better than – and that was strange because all the quarterbacks were there Mm -hmm. um, when a lot of times they're not. With that COVID year and stuff, um, all of the top quarterbacks were there. Malik Willis, uh, Kenny Pickett, um, Mm -hmm. kid from Vegas. I forgot his name. had the bad knee. He was there. Um, They were all there. Desmond Ritter. And, you know, the question I got coming out was, you know, what'd you think? And I was like, well, I'm sure more than ever, I don't want any of them in the first round. Um, but I was still surprised to see how they fell. But I took Desmond Ritter in the second a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, like I said, how are people so sure? Well, there's questions around Desmond. There are questions, but why do you feel like sure. you've got the answer that he can't play? Because that's yeah. been the narrative all year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Um, oh, I we do a have a, hang on, Mike. We got a winner. Miss Lisa Shepard won the T-shirt. Oh, BMW i8. I love you, Lisa. Thank you. BMW i8. So, Lisa, if you're still in here, Lisa, if you're still in here, email me again. uh, Thank you, Lisa. Your address and what shirt you want and what size to send. I will get that out to you. So, thank you. That's awesome. And the rest of y'all, shame on y'all for not knowing that. I'm blocking y'all on all platforms. I won't forget it. I promise you that. I, I can't remember my son's phone number, but I remember what car you were talking about. Thank you, buddy. Hey, Scott, I got a good one for you. We, now, we already know Brady Jarrett is good, and we know Kyle Pitts is good. But uh, I feel like we don't – like, Grady is is almost always double. Uh, Kyle Pitts, as you said, you sometimes triple team. This year, they won't be able to double Grady as much. Uh, there's – 
Kyle Pitts will see a lot of single coverage. How much better do you think those two players will be than we've seen? I think you know, uh, Ray is in here on uh, coming on Facebook talking about Kyle Pitts. Um, everyone talks like Pitts isn't doing this, but he almost broke a rookie record. You know, Kyle Pitts is really good. Mm-hmm. He can be a lot better, be more efficient. He had a thousand yards on a ton of targets and one touchdown. He can have less targets, more yards, and definitely more touchdowns because he's That's not going to triple. You mentioned Grady in there. I'll never forget. I've got a bookmarked. I've got like two things booked on my Twitter, bookmarked on my Twitter account. And one of them is Grady, Grady Jarrett was was mic'd up. I don't remember who he was going against, but he was like, you know, he he got triple teamed. And in in uh, you know, Grady comes out. He's like, damn. Y'all don't have anybody else to block? <laughs> no. No, they we don't. don't. They really don't. Yeah. We don't yeah. have anybody else to block. You're it. Well, you you put three guys on them, you're going to turn David on Yamada close you're in loose. You're going to let Clayus Campbell come off the edge. Arnold Lebicetti, you want to leave him one-on-one? Mm-hmm. He, he can get there now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the revelation for me, the, I, I think the most improved player, I think the easy one to say was Caleb McGarry. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. sleeper pick for me last year was Taquan Graham. Big Taquan yeah. Graham, as a rookie, was overmatched. He, yep. he didn't need to be there. There were three of those guys that were thrown out there like that. It was Taquan Graham, uh, Adeogundeji, and Jalen Mayfield. Mm-hmm. All three of them struggled mightily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jalen Mayfield was hurt last year and didn't play. Adeogundeji might just be out of his depth. Taquan yep. Graham was good. Yes, he was good. You come back, and we're starting to be – it can be one of four or five guys you have to start. There mm-hmm. might not be anybody that gets 10 sacks on this team. Mm-hmm. Yep. But there might be seven guys with six sacks. Mm-hmm. And Grady Jarrell will be one of those guys. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. And we've said the same Scott thing. will we're- tell you that he's here, but Scott is out of his Falcon mind. <laughs> Scott ain't had a negative thing to say, yeah, I fucking love him. I love mm-hmm. him. He's out of uh, Grady Jarrett is is one of my favorite. Again, the underdog factor, a little too short, false. Oh, yeah. Fifth. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a relationship there with Jesse Tuggle. Sure is. Grady Jarrett mm-hmm. is he's he's a Falcon legend. You know, when he's done, you just put his put his jersey up in the rafters. Yep. Hundred percent. And on yep. to some of the uh the news from today. So Caleb Huntley was put on the pup list, which is a, you know, y'all know is a per- uh, physically unable to perform list, and then he was Huntley was waived. Too much waived, yeah. Not too much yeah. after that. Huntley and, was waived. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, well, they put him on the pup list, and they, then they waived him. Yeah, um, Thank you, Kayla. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, and I, I, uh, I was reading. Josh Kendall said it wasn't even related to the Achilles. It was some other physical failed test that was happening. I mean, I, I figured it was just because he just couldn't play this year. Oh, but okay. um, we're, we're getting into these discussions about injuries and. Muscle injuries follow ligaments and, and tendon yeah. tears like remoras on sharks. Oh, dude. Just because yeah. you're not able to beat that stuff up. So it's like, oh, he had a setback after re- rehabbing from his injury. Yeah, he, he tweaked a hammy, you know, or he strained a calf. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff mm-hmm. like that happens all the time. But I was reading through, I think Michael Rothstein, ESPN, did out a, a 53-man roster, and he had four running backs on there. I'm like, and yeah, I don't even remember right. who the fourth one was. I didn't even commit it to memory because I'm like, they Carlos only had Washington. two active in week one last mm-hmm. year, right. and right. they've got three now. Yep. So Caleb Huntley was going to have tough, was going to be challenged to be put yeah. on the fifty-three no matter what, because you've got three running backs already. 
Yeah. One of them is an X factor in Cordell Patterson, but that's fine. I only need five or six carries from my number three anyway. Yep. That's all I want from Cordell Patterson. Ten yep. touches a game. That's it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, so I think, you know, seeing Caleb Huntley waived, it was a matter of if not when, because to get put on a practice squad, you have to get waived anyway. Yep. Yeah. So we may not have seen the last of Caleb Huntley. Yeah. Until he's fully healthy. I'd, I'd, I would be monitoring him if I was another team and I needed to run him back. Yeah. Like, hey, how's come in here and work out for us, dude? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just that's just a tough and Achilles is a tough one to come back from anybody, but especially running back, especially one that, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's dude, that so guy cool. is explosive as hell. And I mean, be, I mean, he's also obviously tough as hell because he stayed in the game and picked up a blitz yeah. in the next play with a freaking torn Achilles. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was shout out to him for that. And everybody can relax. We signed. Michael Pruitt to a one-year deal, which we'll <laughs> we'll get into him in a little bit talking about how this offense is going to shape up. But I do I really like that move though. I really like him. Me too. I really like he's coming back. Uh with a Calais was placed on a non-football injury list. Uh he was there at camp today. He spoke to the media. I'm assuming, don't know. He's older, he's been through several camps, don't know that he really needs to be out there just yet. I don't know. Didn't seem like it's anything serious, so we'll just cross our fingers on that. Uh, did y'all see Big Boy and Vic are collaborating, looks like, I mean, on a hype yeah. video, which it's hopefully should be better than last year's. So last year's was pretty much mm-hmm. not good. Um, I mean, Jackson and, had the best one. But. I didn't. I, the hype video for me last year was, y'all be patient. Be patient. <laughs> this team is awful, <laughs> and their schedule is tough. Be oh, patient, because yeah. Arthur Smith can coach. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, Trevon Diggs signed a five-year $97 million deal with the Cowboys, which can go up to $104 million, which I'm saying that because AJ is going to be getting paid relatively soon. Mm-hmm. That's probably where he's going to start, I'd imagine, right mm-hmm. around $19 million a year. That's where he's going to be because that makes – I think Trevon was the fifth-highest-paid corner, I believe, with that with that uh, deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that should be interesting. Um, and, then, of course, they came out with the uniform schedule. We're going to have the red helmets three games again this year, which I wish they'd just make it kind of a permanent thing. So I'll just love them so it's much. Just, but that's uh, my favorite you know, helmet. Yeah, but they'll be back this year. So, um, but so yeah, that's good to see there. But and actually, I don't know, man. What, Scott, what was your favorite uniform that we've had so far? I don't know. As bad as they were in the 80s, I still like, I do like the, 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 the 70s black uniforms mm-hmm. uh, with the red helmets. Going that's back, what to, I, to yeah, those, that's the one I like. Look pretty tight, but you know, I, I like the you know again the formative ages, the retro, old but cool of the '80s with the red helmets and the red and white jerseys. Um, you know, I wasn't a Georgia fan, but still like the way those looked um, coming in. So, and the thing is, it's like they, yeah, there we go. I was like that. Remind, that's the Tommy Novus jerseys. Yeah, those are those are pretty sweet. Um, yeah, but I, I do yeah. like the red. I grew up with Falcons was red. Everybody else is black, man. Yeah, that's the um, one I like. I like that. You like the red on red? Yeah. 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 I do like the red on red. Um, me too. Me too. This is courtesy. Of our, of it. You know, you probably got your alert set on Twitter for, you know, Atlanta Falcons official tweets. And they put out like during the week of the, the red uniforms, they put out like 10 a day. Oh, it's almost red. We was like, guys, you know, we like it. Why don't you just <laughs> yeah. change yeah. it? You know, everybody know. likes this. Just, just change it. We're not going to agree on much, but one of the things we're going to agree on is, is the we red. like the red. You're going to get we like ninety percent approval rate on that one. Did you See, like the I great mean, pants? That what was so 
tough watching the Falcons be bad when they were trying to be passing teams. Just look at that man on the right. Even when they were bad in the 80s, they had William Andrews and Gerald Riggs. And then they go to John Settle, who becomes the first undrafted free agent to rush for 1,000 yards. It's yep. like at least you knew the Falcons were going to go out there and hit somebody in the mouth, mm-hmm. you know, and and then to see them, you know, not was really disheartening. Yep, and this was Mike and I's. Uh, yeah. This, I think it's why I, I, I like the old Falcon logo just so mm-hmm. much better because this is when we started watching it. But You grew up, um, on, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe they selected Jeff George in this picture. Why the hell would yeah. you do that? <laughs> well, the best you could do with Jeff George? Yeah, was a, See, that was – That guy was a dick. Um Right, that was yeah. the time, man. Yeah, I like the white. I mean, the, the white and the red looks good with the yeah. black helmet too. Yeah, it's, it's a good look. And I didn't really love these, to be honest with you. Nope, like the, I don't think the, anybody don't, wants to see those come back. And I, do, I don't like the black jerseys with the black pants. I don't like that at all. No, yeah, me neither. I don't like that. It's boring. I like Matty the Ice somewhere. I yeah, love the red. The, did y'all like the? Yeah, did you like the color rush the Hoopers were in there? I don't know why I didn't like that. I don't like all red. I don't like. I want to see. I don't want the pants to be the same color as the. Yeah, the I don't like. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, except whites. The whites work okay with the yeah. stripes. Those are away uniforms. Uh, I can live with that. There was a question we were just to go back to. Damien comes in and asks. He says, yeah, "Will, be, there, will Patterson be happy with ten touches per game?" And Damien, I say this because Cordero Patterson runs the ball like he's returning kickoffs. Like everything, he's trying to break loose. And if you remember. Damian Williams, when they took, I mentioned they only took two active running backs in week one, and Damian Williams gets hurt on his first carry. Mm-hmm. So it was just down to Cordero Patterson. He had like 25 touches in that first game. He can't last that way. So mm-hmm. 10 touches a game, if I'm giving him five carries and I'm getting him five catches, he's going to be used more effectively, more efficiently, and he's going to be a true X factor. Now, I wanted to look that up because he had 144 hey. rushing attempts. And he had 21 receptions. So that's 165 touches. That comes out to about, say it with me, 10 per game. Mm-hmm. Well, he would have had more if he hadn't gotten injured. Aha! That's true. But if you give him more than that, he's going to get hurt. He's going to yeah. get injured. He's an older guy who never learned how to protect himself running the ball as a running back. And he, he, can't, he can't handle that because he runs like his hair is on fire. Mm-hmm. So 10 touches per game is ideal for Cordero Patterson. And yeah, I, think I agree been, with that uh, because he's saying touches and uh, not carries. Uh, he'll be happy with if he can catch that ball sometimes. Right. Like, touch touch if if, if you tell ball, him, I'm going to throw you some passes and you're going to get to some swing routes or, or he's going to get to throw or do anything, he gonna be, he'll be fine. Believe me. He, not, he wants to preserve himself. He want to be there at the end of the season like everybody else. He'll be fine. He's still electricity yeah. on the sideline or in the game. Trust me. Yeah, he was probably one of the happiest. I wish, I wish he had come to Atlanta sooner. It's it's he's not easy to be. I mean, do you remember the difference between when when Mike Smith, Mike Smith, who was the running back two years ago? It was Mike Smith. Uh, they, uh, Mike Davis. Mike Davis. Thank you. Yeah. Mike Davis from Stevenson High School comes in big grin, and by week ten, he was just a broken. Man. Oh yeah, just a blocker. Yeah. Every time just he touches the ball, he's got three guys hitting him in the backfield. It was just a yeah. broken man, like worst season mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. Cordell Patterson is able to come out there and does everything with this megawatt smile. Yep. I mean, just the next light the place up. I'm like, that's not easy. And then F the money. This is where I want to be. Yep. Yep. It's not easy. We don't, we haven't had that in Atlanta. No. We haven't had guys like that in Atlanta. And it's a special thing when they behave like that. Yeah. When, when they want to be here, because this hasn't been the easiest franchise to play for 
yeah. for my falcondom. Yeah. No, no, of course not. Yeah. And I mean, he would have been, to, I would think he'd be one of the happiest guys in the world when we drafted Bijan. Being like, hell yeah, I can stay healthy the entire year. I can be, I'm just, I mean, you, you guys saw it. Like, I mean, at the end of the last season, late in the games, when, when he wasn't hurt, I mean, he would wear it down. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't moving at the same speed as he was early in the season. So, yeah, he should, he should be preserved be, a he lot better. He should be the number two receiver, really, like, you know, in the slot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not the number two. I mean, the, the number one receiver, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, 1-1-A. And, again, I don't want to yeah, pigeonhole these guys into positions because <laughs> they're not going to be – they're going to be lining up all over the place. Yep. I, I envisioned yesterday was talking about it. I can actually see as big as Drake London is, if you come out – if it's like third and three and you come out in a dime package – Mm-hmm. moving Drake London and Kyle Pitts in as tight ends. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Put their hands down and running over a defensive yeah. back right in front of you. Um, so these guys are going to be lining up all over the place. So touches are the key words for me, not necessarily carries. Scott, I got to ask you this because this is really important to me. Um, we've seen, because I mean, we can argue talent. It's, it's some people that say, man, we overhyped with the players we got. They not as they not as great as we saying they are. I don't I could care less. But what I'm saying is, how do you feel about the new um attitude that our players seem to have? Cuz you like like Drake is a tough guy. Like he caught some passes in traffic. Uh Cordero is not running out of bounds. He's going to try to run you over. Right. Uh Tyler, I seen him carry three people on his back. <laughs> like a bowling ball with legs. Uh, Troy Anderson will take your head off if you get caught in crosshairs. How do you feel about the new attitude? Because we used to run out of bounds. We we were called soft. Like, we were the soft team. The team, if you got it, if I'm going to get hit, oh, I'm dropping this. I don't want, oh, no. How do you <laughs> feel about the team being a lot more tough and being viewed like that and playing like that? And who do you think we got that from? I think it started with the head coach um, with Arthur Smith being a former offensive lineman and coming in and, and being a physical team and everything he's wanted to do. And I'm old enough to remember, you know, watching these teams in the league cycle through. We're big. We're small and fast. We're big again. Okay. Yeah. It was small and fast. Now big and fast always plays, you know, <clears throat> you give me mm-hmm. a Julio Jones and a Calvin Johnson. They always play, but <laughs> Everybody's getting a little bit smaller and a little bit faster. So, okay, the offenses are going a little bit more smash mouth. And the Falcons were able to, even without a great running, without a great passing game, they were able to line up and run the ball against anybody last year. Yep. And now they should be able to pass the ball a little bit better too. And it should be a more balanced offense. I, I think it comes down from your head coach. I think a lot of that, Mike, I think it's a great question, has to do with you had a lot of guys on one-year deals. Yeah, you know, I got you. Out of necessity, you had to. You. you had to have guys that were fighting for their NFL lives because mm-hmm. they were rescued off a practice squad. They had already been cut earlier this year. So the challenge for Arthur Smith is can he do better with the expectations, with a higher level of player who's making enough money to say, you know what, I'll take this week off because you're getting fired. <laughs> you know, which, which happens. These guys quit on you. I've got a contract. I've already made $20 yeah. million. Dollars. Can you win with those guys? And I think they've established the culture and, and surrounded themselves with the, the right guys that they've kept, the Chris Lindstrom's of the world, Grady Jarrett's of the world. Mm-hmm. It's been very, very, very particular which veterans they have kept around. Yeah, the captain. And I don't think that's an accident. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's not an accident. You know, Deion Jones was a good player for a long time. He's gone. Yep. You know, Julio, gone. Matt Rhymes, mm-hmm. 
old. You know, Julio was old. I, mm-hmm. I get all that stuff, but there's been some decent players. There's like, no, go ahead, yeah. move on. You're not, you're oh, not, yeah. you're not buying in, and you know, we 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 need the buy-in here. So they preach culture. They wouldn't let you say rebuild there. Yeah, they never say it, even though the whole world knew it was a rebuild. They never let anybody have any excuses. They never once complained about the salary cap. Yep. And Dean Peace came out last year and remember when he when he was asked about said so we're gonna we're gonna change the way we do things around here. Yeah. Yep. You know this this daggum defense has been what top ten once in twenty five yeah. years. That's gonna change. Yep. So I, I think it starts at it starts at Arthur Smith, and okay. and him and Terry Fontenot work together hand in hand. Uh, they're not boss and subordinate. They both report right to president of football. But I, I think that's an Arthur Smith thing, a former offensive lineman. Mm. Scott, yep. give good ass answers. I mean, ESPN, call Scott. <laughs> you got to, you got the look. He got, I, come on, man. Scott for ESPN. Hey, another PR. PR had a guess for you, for your, for your, huh? for your car. Oh. He, he gets hey, to you guys. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. BMW uh, I shout out to Lisa for knowing that. Millie Mills. What's up, little man? Um, yeah, so that just segues segues us perfectly into the topic of uh expectations of Arthur this year and the coaching staff. Good article by Josh Kendall on the Athletic uh yesterday uh, talking about and basically it was just uh will more will more Falcons chess pieces mean more scoring in year three under Arthur Smith. Because Arthur has referred to the players as chess pieces before more than one occasion. He did it when he first was hired by uh, by uh, Arthur Blank, and then just recently talking about it, and even when they were talking to Drake, Drake said, "You're not you're not going to know where any of us are. You're going to have to try to find us. You're going to, have to go out there and play our style of ball, which is aggressive and physical. Um, you know, and that's kind of echoing some of the guy. Like he talked today in the media, he said, you know, him and other receivers have been out there working with uh, Des and the entire off season. Kyle's been out there the last." couple times you know obviously he's still trying to get his knee or was trying to get his knee right so not doing anything stupid trying to go out there and make dumb cuts and whatnot but um so yeah i mean basically scott when you're talking about the guys that you know drafting kyle drafting drake you know at, at the points that we did number four number five now Bijan number seven you know these type of players that I mean obviously offensive weapons but you look at what arthur could possibly do with them and you kind of see now kind of like okay you can kind of go back and look and say, like, okay, I kind of understand now. Like, I, I get why these guys were drafted when they were because it wasn't for that season. It was for kind of like now and then going forward in these next few years. Now, like you said, hopefully Des is the guy and we can really put together. Right, that's the question. You that's know, the that's question, the right? question. Are you but, are you okay at quarterback? If not, you've got two top ten picks at receiver that you still can't use. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. right. And, that's um, the worry and, when you made those picks. Right. And, you know, and the good thing is, and I think most, most everybody agrees like we've put so much talent around him. Like literally, I mean, yeah. like you said, we had a number 15 offense with Marcus for the majority of the year, which is pretty insane. So, I mean, just the fact that, and, you know, and I see a lot of folks saying, you're like, Hey, Kyle's got to have a great year. He's got to, he's got to prove that number four pick to me. I don't really care so much about the numbers because we know we, we watched Julio be a, whatever you want to call it, a decoy for however many years in the end, in the, in the red zone, um, because you never get the ball. That was always a complaint, right? Never get the ball in the red zone. I have a theory um, on that, by the way. Uh, okay. Tell, tell me that in a second. Um, I'm dying but, to this. Yeah. but you know, the, like we just talked about a second ago, Michael Pruitt, right? So now if he's back in the, in the 
fray here of the of the by the way very deep tight end room which may be spelled the end for our boy felipe franks he may be out the door this year Thank unless you. if he's not i have no idea what's going on like i really have no clue um but it has to be but regardless um obviously uh look desmond had a great rapport with michael he scored four touchdowns in the four games that we yeah. were that we were here last year so i mean just another guy that can be used in this offense to where you're you can have a two tight end set with john and mccall pruitt and Kyle still on the field somewhere else, you know, like there's yeah. just so many different combinations that he can pull off with this, with these guys that we have, that's going to create just headache after headache for any defensive coordinator out there. I, I so, think one of the mistakes that the national media, even Falcons fans or fantasy fans make right now is to try and judge an Arthur Smith offense based on what they've seen the last two years. Right. Because yeah. he's, getting by with what they could and, and with Matt Ryan and, 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 you know, Calvin Ridley wasn't hardly even there. Your number one receiver mm-hmm. that year is, is Russell Gage for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and Kyle Pitts, you know, a rookie and, yep. you know, a hobbled Matt Ryan and a, an offensive line that was pretty bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Caleb McGarry hadn't played well. Jalen Mayfield was God awful through no fault of his own. He shouldn't have been out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Matt Hennessy was at center. He yeah. wasn't all that good either. Jake Matthews has been nice and steady, but the offensive line was terrible. Um, and I think Arthur Smith even came out and said a couple weeks ago, Matt Ryan was here just two years ago, and he wouldn't recognize a lot of the things we do now. Yeah. So fast forward a year, you know, and you got Marcus Mariota limited at quarterback. The offensive line improved dramatically, but you're not sure of that the first six weeks of the season. Your number one is a rookie, you know, Kyle Pitts, and, and then a rookie, and Kyle Pitts is hobbled a little bit, and then he's gone. But now you should be able to go out there with what is arguably the best offensive line in the NFL, you know, top five unit. I think most people would agree on that. Mm -hmm. And then if I line up there, let's say I got a two minute drill at the end of the half and I line up there, I got Tyler Algier in the backfield. You mentioned him earlier, carrying guys around. He was like that in college. It's not a mistake that he, I think he was the number two guy for yards after contact in the NCAA. Oh, wow. That's a translatable stat. That's one of the few that moves forward. He's, He's a guy that likes contact and breaks tackles. I can go Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Cordero Patterson, and Bijan Robinson in a slot in my four wide receiver single back offense. That's dangerous. Now I can run at you. I can do all kinds of things, but I've got options. So I'm not going to prejudge an Arthur Smith offense. Well, what good is it having a wide receiver if he's just going to run the ball 70%? Man, he was trying to kill games last year. Let's, mm-hmm. let's limit the possessions, keep it close. Yep. See if we can get down to the fourth quarter and kick a field goal and maybe win a 17 to 15 game. Mm-hmm. That, they were just trying to survive the last two years. I think it's going to be very, very, very different. Great point. You're going to see more balance. You're going to see more vertical in the game. Yep. And you're going to see the ball spread around a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you can't, like you said, I mean, and I don't think folks should worry too much about the individual numbers of whether it's Kyle or Drake, whoever, I, as long as we're winning and we're scoring points, like, I don't care. Like, I don't care how many touchdowns he has. I don't care how many catches he has. I think they'll all just kind of come naturally with the offense because, I mean, as Damian says here, he said you need two dominant wide receivers really to use pit successfully. I don't know about two dominant ones. I just think – Yeah, I mean, how many you're, teams you're, have had two dominant wide receivers and a number one uh, tight end? You know, right. it, it's – you know, there's only there's only so many guys you can double. I mean, on the field, you know. You can talk about who the dominant tight ends are, and do they have two dominant wide receivers? Do they have a number one? I mean, I, I got to go back to the days with you know the the the, the Cowboys. I was going to say the Cowboys and the 49ers dynasties, 
where they had you know Alvin Harper and and Michael Irvin, and I don't remember it was wasn't Novacek. Jay Novacek. Uh, Jay Novacek. Was it Novacek? Yeah, play with those guys. Novacek, and then you go back to the yeah. 49ers dynasties with John Taylor and Jerry Rice and whoever, you know, Dwight Clark was a receiver, but whoever's playing time, Brent Jones, I think, was playing title with them up. at the time. Brent um, Jones. Damn. You can bro. do it. I can, I, again, I can move Bijan into the slot. And if I get him the ball against any defensive back at 235 pounds, good luck. Yep. Good luck. He's got yeah. six yards just through forward momentum. Yeah, and then so one thing there, Tyler, there's one, weapons out there. Is there a legit? I saw a big Twitter conversation about this team's not serious. Mac Hollins is your number two wide receiver. I'm like, fine, look at a Jeff Tart. I don't care. Yeah, at the exactly. end of the game, let's sort by number of receptions and yards and let's see where Mac Hollins ranks. If he's yeah. higher than fifth, I'll be shocked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've said it before on the show. I could care less who wide receiver two is on the depth chart. It doesn't matter to me because it's going to be so interchangeable throughout the year. You're going to see Bijan lined up out there. You're going to see Kyle. You're going to see CP. And, I mean, what you said about Tyler, too, Tyler caught the ball a lot in college as well. I mean, they used him a lot on the backfield, which he can also catch. So, I mean, so that's another thing that, you know, people forget that just because Tyler's out there in whatever package doesn't mean it's going to be a run. They could absolutely yeah. that could be a pass play, you know, and that's that's that makes it even tougher. And that's the whole positionless football uh, that, that Arthur wants to play. And we've heard it over and over again. We talked about it, you know, a couple of shows ago. It's I love it because it's something it's so like you just imagine if you're the defensive coordinator trying to figure this out. Like, OK, how do I bracket this? How do I how do I stop this guy if I'm trying to double this guy? Like how there's so many things that can go wrong. Arthur is just trying to find space. He's just trying to create space mm-hmm. on the field and get one of the guys open. And you saw that last year, even like I said, with Pruitt last year, um, with the touch, well, actually with the Desmond Ritter throw in the end zone too. I can't remember who it was. Dude was wide open. Yeah. And like he fooled the hell out of, I can't remember. I think it was the Tampa Bay game or the Arizona game. But you can see some of those types of, of plays already that we've that he's ran that's been successful. And, you know, he's first year was shaky. I thought still called it. He did the best he could with what he had. I thought he made a good improvement last year on his play calling. I just I expect him just like the players taking another step this year, especially yeah. with the amount of who we have now is I expect him that just to be ramped up even another notch. So I'm excited, man. I can't wait. I mean, and, and as far as the defense goes, Scott, what do you what do you anticipate? Uh, well, wait, John, hold on. Uh, yeah, before yeah, we get in that, I, I want to hear his. Theory on why Julio wasn't getting them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not going past that. So, why wasn't this guy? Unfortunately, Julio was used like a running back. You know, you'd see, you'd see there wasn't a ton of most of his targets weren't way down the field. There were some, obviously, yeah. but a lot of times it was three-step drop, slip screen. Yeah. And then he's then he he's had a, working, it'd be it'd be six carries for 75 yards. Yeah. You get into the red zone and he's on the sidelines. Yeah. You know, because that you used you used him up to get him down there. I got you. Okay. That that was part of it for me. It was like they 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 used him as an extension of the running game. And it's like how many times did you just not say he was a decoy, but how many other times did you say why isn't Julio on the field? Yeah. Oh my god. Dude, how many yeah, third yeah. downs? How many how do, many do third you remember downs? That? Well, that's why. Would he be yeah. off? That's the field? why he had third downs. He had six carries for 60 yards on on the drive to get down there. Yeah. And yeah. that ain't easy as a wide receiver. Know. You know, that's know. so they they overused him and did not use him efficiently and effectively. And he was just, you know, one of the most physically gifted players ever step on a football field, yeah. putting a pin in the, in the, you know, you need two dominant wide receivers to use Kyle Pitts effectively. 
I'd still disagree with that. And and, and Damian comes in and he mentions a, a really good trio was Julio Jones, Roddy White, and Tony Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Use that same logic and just switch the names out. Yeah. You have to have two dominant wide receivers to use Tony Gonzalez effectively. No, hell no. No. Tony Gonzalez is a beast. If Tony Gonzalez is was Tony always going to be a beast. Yeah. yeah. Roddy White was really good. Julio Jones was really good. All of those guys individually were terrific players. They didn't need each other to be terrific players. The fact that all three of them were out there was pretty special. But Tony Gonzalez didn't need Roddy White and Julio Jones in order to be used effectively. He was a Hall of Famer before he came to Atlanta. Oh, big time. And uh, Millie said, I'm sorry, Bijan has to prove it to me. Everything looks good in college, and I believe he can do it. Man, but he then do this every show. Beast. But hey, I'm rooting for him, though. See, Millie, and I'll say this, Millie, man. Like, I wasn't – I man. was late I was late to the party on the Bijan. Like, I, I, I was against drafting a running back that high. And then I dived, I, I dived into the film, and I was like, this guy is different. Like, this is, this mm-hmm. is, this is different. This is not something that just, you know – your typical running backs. I mean, the, the spaces he would get himself out of <laughs> was not something that you see every Saturday or even, even Sunday, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. some running backs. So, I mean, we could all be wrong, man, but I, I, I don't see his skill set not translating because it's just, mm-hmm. it's probably the easiest oh. position that translates from one level to the next. Right. Is the running back, you know, running backs are born. They're not developed. And the thing is, is in order to justify that pick, because of what you're saying, because you're giving up the financial value of right. of taking a guy, a wide receiver, a top 10 wide receiver is going to be making $20 million. A top 10 running back is going to be making seven or eight. So That's you lose businessman Scott. I you love lose it. the financial like benefits of having a draft pick when you take a running back there. Same with a safety, um, mm-hmm. you know, a non-positional value. It's one of the reasons why you wait. But that's okay. So I, I really think in four years, you're probably going to need about 6,000 yards from, from scrimmage and 45 touchdowns to justify that pick. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Kinder said, man, this show is getting me more hype for the I'm season. I'm telling you, telling man. You. <laughs> telling you. Let's go. Said, Troy is much better than Rashawn. Hopefully he will be. Hopefully I wouldn't say that different. yet. Yeah, they're, 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 they're very, yeah. very different. Troy's going to make many more splash plays. His sideline yes. to sideline ability, his speed, his athleticism is ten times better. Now you just need yeah. him to do the 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 blue collar work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rashawn, right, just do right. a job. Rashawn was kind of a throwback, kind of just thumper type of linebacker. He's not great in coverage. But he's going to come up and hit you. Very sound tackler, all that good stuff. But yeah, they're they're kind of they're very different for sure. Uh, one time, what's going on, Jack? One time. Hey man, we'll see you guys on Thursday. I don't know if you and yeah. Buddy are both going, but I know we'll be down there, man. Um, so I, here's what I want to do, man. I just want to do a random session in the show that even John wasn't privy to. It's called Scott coming in hot. Okay. <laughs> That's the Scott coming in hot. Scott, I'm just going to ask you a few rapid-fire questions. I need you to give me a short, succinct, Scott, scout type of answer, all right? So here's where we're going to go. Scott, how good was Barry Sanders? He was a magician. He was Houdini, uh, one of the best pure running backs to ever lace him up. Love it. Scott. Agreed. If you had to cook something for all of us to eat, what does Scott cook in the best? What does Scott, you are sure we would like? Chocolate chip cookies. Oh, chocolate mm. chip cookies. <laughs> Look, you heard from Scott. He, you got to bring him to training camp now. Scott, who is the melt. hardest hitter you've seen in your entire time when you was 
preview. I'm talking about from a child now. Who's the hardest hitter who was taking people's heads off? Who you've seen? Oh, I mean, you go to the NFL. You think you know Steve Atwater immediately comes to mind. Uh, Ronnie, Lott, Ronnie Lott comes to mind. But from at that level, there was a guy down in Florida ended up playing for the Florida Gators named Major Wright. I think he ended up getting a cup of coffee with the Chicago Bears. Actually, on my channel somewhere, maybe it was a previous iteration of of YouTube before Google bought them. I've got a, a greatest hits video out there somewhere. And Major Wright was making tackles with pulling guards. So a pulling guard would come up. He'd come in from a safety position and hit that pulling guard so hard that he'd knock the running back out oh, of bounds. Oh man, I'm googling this right. Yeah, Major <laughs> Wright is uh, is is probably the hardest hitter. Uh, another guy, Troop County went to Alabama. Oh, what the hell was his name? And I think he got in some trouble in the NFL. Um, and I can't remember his name now. Um, but he he concussed himself enough times that Damn. he was such a hard hitter. Um, and then the best defensive player I remember really ever seeing was a kid named Dre, Trey Blackman out of LaGrange High School. Um, he was 205 pounds and ran like a deer and was just an absolute maniac. So some names most of y'all have never heard of, but, you know. I love it. But here's, here's why I'm asking. Speaking of people that people have never heard of, Scott, I got one for you. Tell the people, uh, because I want in your opinion. It was Joe Montana. He leaves. He goes to the Chiefs. Steve Young has to step in. Was there drop off or did Steve step right in? Was Steve that good or was that the team? How do you feel about that? I, I think Joe was different. Um, but again, I'm very loyal in my opinions. So it, it's going to be really hard if, if you know, you got to knock out the champ. So, you know, you can't get a draw against a champ. You got to knock. You got to beat him. Mm -hmm. And for me, Joe Montana was first for me. And when he goes in there and he's what, you know, three or four MVPs. And, and it was just one of those things you just knew. If Joe Montana has the ball with it's two minutes left in the, it was over, <laughs> over. Yeah. You know, so any, it, he, he would be my number one quarterback of all time would be Joe mm -hmm. Montana. But Steve oh, Young was, was really, really good. Um, the, the the scrambling ability. and Joe was a hell of a runner until he got older. People forget mm -hmm. that, um, but he wasn't the type of runner that Steve Young was. And mm -hmm. and those guys would have played another seven eight years with the rules are as they oh, are 100%. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love it, Scott. Scott, I got to ask you: if everybody you ever known was in one room, who would you be trying to find the most, and who would you want to talk to the most? Everybody yeah, I've ever known no. that you've ever known is in the room, man. Who would you be looking for? I'd go find my wife. You go. That's a great. What an answer. What a great. That's answer. a great answer. That's a great she, answer. She gets me. She gets me. Uh, you know, it's a. I had a friend of my younger kid. I was kind of mentoring. Was talking about something like, oh no, I don't want anybody smarter than me. I'm like, no. Are you joking? Never underestimate not having to explain your jokes to the value of a relationship. <laughs> You know, you'll think you'll say something funny and the, the, the person will be like, what? Huh? You're like, never mind. <laughs> I love it. Scott, what, does, what do you say to the people that have dragged us all across saying that we, are, we just are not serious, that we have not made the moves, we don't look serious, they got all this stuff to say about us. What is your opinion on that? What do you say to those folks? I would just say wait and see. You know, um, I, I, I would say that giving away this team wasn't in the position to give away three first round picks and $200 million to a quarterback. 
you're just dooming the player. And y'all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. You're do a guy that wasn't even available and was never going to be available. Lamar was Jackson. Available. Yep. This team wasn't ready to do that. You'd be dooming him to failure and be dooming this franchise to failure. That was really ridiculous. That narrative that they needed to be somehow they owed it to Lamar Jackson to go after him instead yeah. build a quarterback proof team like the 49ers have done. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Falcons are in, are in step two of doing that. They've got the offensive pieces in place. Now they, they need to continue to build. They, they really need that dominant edge. Um, yeah. that's, the, that's the guy I think this team's missing. And, and then the, some of the new faces have to come together. But I would say you don't have the answer on Desmond Ritter. Nobody does. Let's wait and see. Scott, coming in hot. Scott, I got two more for you. Scott, I got a good one for you. Speaking of a missing piece. Scott, all your Falcon fandom through your whole life, I'm going to just give you this one. You can get any former Falcon you want. You don't got to worry about the age or the year or the price tag. But you can get any player from a former Falcon. You can bring him back at the peak of his talent to help this team this season, one season. Who are you bringing back? For It could be from your childhood. It could be anybody you want, a former Falcon, to help this specific team. My goodness, I think, again, the pass rush for the Falcons, I don't remember Claude Humphrey that well. Okay. Um, but, you know, I would want to go, you know, Jonathan Abraham might be a good oh. shout. What is this team really <laughs> missing? Might be a dominant uh -huh. pass rusher. And in lieu of that, um, oh, man, you, you could even you could say prime Matt Ryan or Michael Vick uh, yeah. would be pretty good shouts. But the surest thing might be Deion Sanders opposite AJ Terrell. Oh! And then I can turn those guys loose up front knowing I've got the backside covered. No. Scott is a thinking man. I love it. Scott, one last one. Scott coming in hot. Scott, what are you most grateful for in all of the world, buddy? Health of my kids. The health of that's the what I'm that's what I'm thankful for. That's what I pray for every night. And uh just you know, let them be healthy and happy. I love it. Scott coming in hot out of your Falcon mind. Let's go. Here's one for you, Scott. Lisa said, how do you think Arthur Smith will leverage all of our offensive weapons? Any concerns that Smith will overthink things or he'll be okay? Great offensive question. linemen are typically known for overthinking it. Um, you showed I, it a I few times. Your, your default, Lisa, is body blow, body blow, body blow, chin shot. Yeah. So what I mean by that is just is, you know, run, beat the guys up in front of you. Bring those safeties in, bring those defensive backs in, get them thinking run and then go over the top. Find yeah. my single coverage with my twin towers and find different ways to loosen them up where I can then hit the, the long shot. You may only get 21, 22, 23 passes, but I think you can get 250 yards out of them instead of, you know, in, in the, the, the Matt and Ryan days, we might see 35 to 40 completions to get 300 yards. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I think you'll see a much more efficient offense out there, Lisa. So no, I, I don't think an offensive lineman's going to overthink it. Like I said earlier in the show, he tried to make it the passing game work sometimes and with, with Mariota and every single game, even going down 17 to nothing or whatever it was to the Bengals, he hit the F it button. I'm going to run it down your damn throat. Yeah. Yeah. And he did. They he did. did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They could just dictate. Now let's picture mm -hmm. being able to throw the ball a little bit too. And this Falcons yeah. offense is going to be pretty fun. Yeah. And I um, mean, and, uh, and you know, one thing that gets sometimes overlooked too is, 
the complexity, I think, of the offense. Um, because in Lindstrom even uh, kind of alluded to it today at the press uh, conference with the players. He said, you know, he mentioned about how Dez's communication was so good. Like he, how it's like, you know, it, it took him, it, you know, because they kept saying last year, you know, it, you know, Dez wasn't ready to step in. That's what that was. At least that's the reason they Where said. Where was this know. team going last year? I know, dude. I, yeah, we wanted yeah, we, yeah. we, we wanted we we wanted to see him way earlier than he did. We but. wanted to see him, and it's like, okay, then you know what you've got, and do you know you need to go into the off season and and get a quarterback? You know, but maybe mm-hmm. they know, maybe right. they knew, mm-hmm. right? You know, we know we feel good with what we've got at quarterback, and we're not going to rush him out there for a team that's not going anywhere. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, just just the fact, and, and London said the same thing. I mean, the fact that um, he Des has another has a full year now. So all of this, like all the, uh, the the language, everything is just kind of coming to him second nature now. So like that's huge. I mean, just having knowing when he goes to the line, what checks he can, you know, what his checks are. You know, is he going to call it and check into the right play, check out the wrong play, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. Like all that stuff is huge this year. Um, and that's, I mean, and we we said it. I don't know how many times on the show. Like we know Des has got it from the neck up, right? And that's one of the most important things about have for a quarterback to have is. He's got to be smart. He's got to be able to read and and comprehend what he's seeing and, and really, you know, understand it. So that's what gives me confidence about it. I mean, I, I think, you know, the arm talent has gotten better, you know, so like I'm not so worried about that. I'm, I, I I think he'll be fine with uh, the weapons we've given him. And, and yeah, I, like, I, y'all I think saying I, we going undefeated and like we're going to win the Super Bowl. That's, that's what exactly I'm what I'm saying. Exactly what I'm saying. That's yeah. what you're saying. And, uh, that's where I was getting from. I want to say hello real quick to Michael Ranquillo, who, who came hey, in just a few minutes ago. He's uh, He is a – dedicated Denver Broncos fan, but supports all of our channels oh, by dude, coming in here and saying hello and, and give us some love on, on social afterwards. So Michael Ronquillo, one of the good ones. Thank you for being here. Floyd, good to see you, my friend. Good Floyd, to see you too. I'm out of my hey, Falcon mind. Love it. Love it. Go ahead. And if you're not subscribed, just go ahead and do that. While you're in here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, real quick, uh, before we go on the last topic here, uh, Scott on the defense, expectations of Nielsen or what are they, you know, with combination of Jerry Gray there, uh, obviously a lot of turnover. We had a lot, we got a lot of new guys like good. I mean, for a good reason, you know, obviously new guys on pretty much every level. So we looking at, what do you think? Top 10, top 15, what's going to, what's no, a good possibility, think, you know, coming from the bottom fifth mm-hmm. year after year, even if you can work your way up to mediocre, this should Mid, be a playoff yeah. team. Right. So if, if you can knock on the door of top 15, the fact that they put up, God, what was it, 39 sacks in two years is Ugh. unbelievable considering yeah. that Philadelphia Eagles threw up 70 last year. Mm. So I'd like to see that number. I'd like to see them in the 40-sack range. And, and as crazy that is, that would put them middle of the pack in the NFL and would be more than they've had the last two years combined. That's how – Work your way to mediocre. That hurt a little bit, Scott. It's that's the truth though. It's I call it statistically improbable how bad this it past really rush has been. It's been yes, unbelievable. Yeah. It's almost have to know, try not to sack Stephen Means numbers from twenty twenty one. Stephen Means, had, like, oh my God. he hit the quarterback like twice all year as a starter at edge, mm-hmm. and that was in the same yeah. game. Like, yeah, how do right. you not have somebody in front of you at least blow an assignment? And you get a free shot. That happens yeah. every game. Yep. You know, so I, I want. I think we're going to see pressure coming from more angles. You're going to see more athleticism out there. You're going to see more plays. Um, you're going to see a defense that can help the offense instead of just try and survive. Survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, John talking about the scheme. I, I think what they try and do, what they try to do in New Orleans, was bring pressure from different angles. I mentioned earlier in the show, 
that you might not see a guy hit double digit sacks, but you might see six or seven guys that are five plus. Mm-hmm. And that would be, that would be just fine. You never know where they're coming from and you can't really focus on one guy. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Damien said my dad played for the Falcons. That's awesome, dude. Oh, Damien, shout out to your dad, man. Yeah, just a said, little uh, bit before, but a little bit before my time. So I didn't, I didn't really get to see Jim yeah. Mitchell. So I hope he's doing well. I know what this game does to people long term. So I hope he's he's healthy and happy too. Yep. Jim said all time Falcon to fit this team right now is Jesse Tuggle. Jim. He's my favorite, but I don't think he's the one that helps this team the most, especially in this this day and age. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I he's he's my all time favorite Atlanta Falcon, but this team, you know, I think you're okay on offense that you would be better off finding a way to generate more pressure and the way to generate more pressure might be on the back end. You know, you yeah. throw Deion Sanders out there, oh, yeah. all of a sudden I can forget about one guy on the field. Yeah. Put him on your number one and it's it's, it's over. And, and the special teams that he brings, you lost your punt returner in Avery, yeah. Avery Williams. <laughs> yep. The special teams that he brings, all of a sudden Lorenzo Carter and Arlen Bichetti, uh, Caden Ellis rushing the passer, they just got 10 points on your Madden score because – Deion Sanders mm-hmm. is in the backfield with Jesse Bates mm-hmm. and AJ Terrell. God, that'd be so nasty. God. You know, that'd be amazing. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm, I, that's one of the things I'm most excited about this year, just watching the defense improve. I mean, just seeing, you know, like you, you already talked about how Grady was so, you know, pissed off about not having you know, anybody else to, to, to go after. I mean, like, you know, that's the thing. You won't, that don't, that won't happen this year. Cause you're going to have yep. Mata and Bud Dupree and Calais Campbell and Taquan Graham and mm-hmm. possibly Eddie Goldman, you know, coming off the not playing for a couple of years, you know? So, I mean, he may be reinvigorated and ready to go. Who knows? Regardless, we're going to be so much deeper on the line. You know, and, the, and we're we're deeper in the in the back end as well. So I just don't know how you don't make a like. I think that, like you said, I think you know, middle middle is very very doable. You know, in the best mm-hmm. case scenario, maybe even higher than fifteen. Who knows? But I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see, man. It'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch. But I, I can't I can't wait. Hey, peep goaded man. Hey, appreciate you checking it out. Thank man. you, buddy. First first time watching the the stream live. Appreciate you, dude. Um, Jim said, ladies and gentlemen, the time is upon us now. <laughs> Name the Falcons defense. I'm pulling for Chris Blitz, too. <laughs> Let's come up with something. Let's come up with something for sure, man. And uh, Pete, go to so what do you think about the camp battle at linebacker? Uh, I think it's kind of – we kind of know who they're going to be. It's just a matter of kind of how they're – you know, I think it's going to be a big year for Michael Walker, not necessarily like statistically wise, but I think, you know, he's played a few different positions at linebacker now. He's played at will. He's played middle. I think he's even played a little bit at Sam. So he's – been kind of all over the place and he wasn't he didn't necessarily excel when he had the green dot on his helmet um so i think this year he'll with a more maybe a, a more defined role you'll might see the best out of him this year i hope we do i mean that's another mm-hmm. guy we you know lend the late round draft pick we could really get a lot out of we're hoping that troy becomes that just stud middle linebacker i'm assuming that you know we all hope that he is Caden ellis like you said gonna be coming off the edge a lot of mm-hmm. times probably um so I don't know. And then, you know, the other, was it Dorian Etheridge and Nate Landman, I think, are the two guys that are going to be in there kind of fighting for roster spots. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my take on it. Uh, All Dorian does is rack up 15 tackles a game in the preseason. He's oh, a guy he I've been right. rooting for every time. I was like, how is he not making sure, the team? Sure does. You know, so hopefully hopefully it, it clicks for him one of these days. I've been rooting for him because he goes out there in the preseason and is typically the leading tackler every preseason. Mm-hmm. But he's still yeah. getting a check. This is his third year, I think, in the NFL. So, yeah. He's still he's still making a living. God bless him. Sure is. 
All right, so we're getting close to the end of the show here, guys. We're going to close it out with, uh, if y'all are new to, to our show, we do we do some fun things. We'll do like an underrated, overrated segment. We may pull something out of, it could be Falcons related. It could be having nothing to do at all with the Falcons. And we do the same thing with in or out. So basically, we have we have something that you either be in or out on, and you can you can elaborate on it, or you can just leave it. You can just leave it as you're in or you're out, and that's fine either way. Um, Mike, you want to start off? You want me to go, buddy? I will start it off because my first in or out is a question to Scott and also everybody in the chat because you know what my answer is. I don't even have that's to right. say it. If you have two minutes in the game, you need to score a touchdown. You have to drive uh, 80 yards. You need a touchdown. A field goal won't work. Are you taking Tom Brady to do it? Are you taking Joe Montana to do it? Are you taking John Elway to do it? Or are you taking Matt Ryan? Now, I don't need to answer the question because you know I'm taking If he was in a wheelchair, okay, paraplegic, <laughs> blind, I'm taking my man Matty Ice. <laughs> to me, like no huddle offense, I've seen this man do it 100 times. But John Elway was also legit at doing that. So was Joe Montana. And you've seen Tom Brady do it 100 times. I'm taking Matt Ryan, who y'all taking. You need to score a touchdown. You got two minutes. I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm a Matt Ryan apologist because of all the hate he gets, but I have a question. How many times did he score touchdowns? He went and got game-winning field goals. He never he did really do that. got the team in the end zone as often. Two minutes in line, I already said Joe Montana for me. Joe Montana, see? Johnny Yates. Mm. I mean, so you said Matty. I'll say John Elway because he was – John Elway. <laughs> yeah. He was something different too. At the, at the time, you didn't I mean he ran at a time that there wasn't a whole lot of running yeah. quarterbacks at all. Yeah. Know, yep. Still, you know, and but yeah, that sacrificed a, his body. He was a damn rifle for a but arm. How yeah. old was John Elway when he won his first one in 1997? Oh, well, no. Yeah. Oh, I know. Probably, probably 34 years old. 34, yeah. 35, yeah. yeah something you like know? that. Yeah. Joe exactly. Montana was winning those things that, yeah. for a long time. All so, right. I mean, I, I, for me, the answer would either be flip a coin. It, it, you're, there's not a wrong answer there, but Montana really or Brady, is, yeah. I think, would be the most common answers there. I love it. Johnny Yates, go. So Pete Goat is actually, this actually goes right into my inner out. Uh, D. Alfred will win and keep the nickel position all season long. Inner out, Mike. I'm out. Clark Phillips coming for him. Scott. We'll see. I, I'm, 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 I don't know. I, uh, I like you're the out. competition right now. <laughs> I'm in on the competition. No, I'm in on competition. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Oh, I'm in on the depth, which is spectacular to, mm -hmm. to be right. having that, even having that conversation. It's amazing. Instead yeah. of wondering, what is Fabian Moreau doing over there on the opposite yeah. side running out of bounds <laughs> when they're running his yeah. direction? Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so, Pete Goddard, yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat. I kind of mm -hmm. see Clark coming after that position. Yeah. Uh, depending on how quickly he picks things up, you know, rookie, you never, you know, takes him a little bit to acclimate, but yeah, I mean, he's a football player. We'll see. Mike, back to you, buddy. I got one. I got a question again. I, I want to know, are y'all in or out? I just thought about this and I don't know if this is possible. If the people do this, have y'all ever had, cause you know, like if you grill your food, but it's always in the night or in the afternoon. Have you ever had grilled breakfast? Is is, is like that a thing? Grilled bread, like grilled breakfast sandwich or grilled or whatever. So let me tell you, uh, our boy Jay in a truck uh, on our last show commented yeah. and said un underrated was grilled PB and J's. I've never had a grilled PB and J in my life. Grill that. I think I, a griddle. Just, You'd put that on a griddle. On a yeah, sandwich. maybe even the air fryer, possibly. I don't oh, know. Oh, put, put it on a sandwich maker and squash it. 
Um, okay. I, I, I don't, don't know. I do, I do griddle all the time because I'll make – going back to the, what would you make? I can make you waffles. I can make you breakfast. I can make you waffles and pancakes. But Hey, man, when we win the Super Bowl, Scott cooking <laughs> breakfast, buddy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I just wanted to know. Would you in or out on breakfast on the grill? I just wanted to try that one time. It would probably be good. Oh, I've been carrying a bunch of years back. So unfortunately, it's just kind of a height of irony. I'm really good on the grill, and I only grilled like during special occasions now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's yeah. Also, he was taking Montana, and then Millie Mills said Brady because the league was rigged for him. So and it's a guaranteed win. Millie is insane. <laughs> I knew he was. I love it. And again, oh. picture Joe Montana in today's game. Oh, dude. Yeah. Where you're not allowed to touch him, you know, where they change a rule if you get hit. It's just Montana Scott, would have played till he was 45. Too. Why are you so high on Joe? Like, what was it about Joe? Because you saw every, because you saw a lot of couldn't people, beat him. Man. You just flat out couldn't beat him. He he. Again, there was never any feeling of any doubt at all the outcome of the game if he had the ball in his hands, and that is to me the greatest compliment you can ever pay a, pay a player. Yeah. yeah. Joe was a good leader and everything. Like he was a good leader oh, for dude, the team. Yeah. He just, you know, he he was surrounded by good talent and a good system. But he could get the ball away quickly. He could find the weaknesses in a in a in a in a in a defense. And again, he was called Joe Cool for a reason. Yeah. He he was unflappable. If there, yeah. if I needed one throw to be made, I wanted it to be him. Joe Montana, you gotta love it. Tyler, what's up, man? Good to see you, man. Sorry. It's, like, it's all good. You know, it's catching back. Tyler says Clark Phillips is about to do work. I am pumped about that kid. Yeah, man. I think a lot of folks are for sure. All right. My next one. In or out, a safety will lead this team in interceptions this year. Yes, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Corner, corner it shouldn't be a corner anyway. If, yeah. a, if, if AJ Terrell's doing his job, he shouldn't get the ball thrown at him. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Shouldn't even get it thrown. Um, uh, no, I, I think it should always be a safety. Real quick, your uh, pick or your take on uh, Jeff Akuda. What you oh, yeah. expect? Low risk, high reward. Love the move. Detroit's Same picking up half yeah. the tab on it, for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to you know the the competition, we've got him penciled in there at the other at the starting corner. Should we? You know, right. I don't know that that's set in stone. The only one, yeah. the, the, the only one for me that's there's two guys set in stone back there. It's AJ and Jesse. I think yeah, the, other, the other one, there's going to be competition all year for those other two spots in the secondary. It was cool, too. AJ, uh, ta- uh, I saw earlier on the on their presser today, too, AJ was talking about having Jeff there, and you know, they were drafted in the same class, and uh, that he saw when they had when they were in high school, he was the number one rated – Okuda was number one rated corner. Oh, that's cool. That, in like in the nation, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so like he said, you know, he always, of course, like he said, they have a, like a special little competition just like there. They push each other because oh, they're – awesome. Yeah, because yeah. he said they. He said, I mean, his, his words were like, because we, there's a lot to prove. Like he still, I think AJ still feels like he has a lot to prove, even though he's had some great couple of years. Yeah, I still feel like he's that kind of has a chip on his shoulder too, because he wasn't drafted maybe as high as you wanted to be, uh, you know. And then Jeff, obviously being drafted, what was he three? Yeah, um, he was number three the, overall. And yeah, and I mean, Smith, I, I think Akuda is the number two cornerback also. Um, and again, I would love for him to have a Caleb McGarry year. He didn't get his. He was disappointing his first three years. Didn't get his fifth year option picked up. He's playing his fourth year as a with a as a pending free agent. Um, go get it. Go get an eight eight million a uh, eight figure contract, kid. Go go get go get fifteen million dollars. Yeah, that would yep. be a very very good problem to have. Oh, how are the Falcons going to keep Akuda and AJ Terrell? 
that would be a good problem to have. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Speaking of a good problem, I got an NRI. Oh, he said a grilled PJ is a grilled cheese. Way of doing it is a is a oh you mean like a so grilled just do, do it the same way, paper. yeah. Oh, he's saying, uh, oh. All right, well, but I got one. I got one. Waffle House at night. I, I got Bob. Are you crazy? That's become a thing for me and my son coming back from baseball games. I'll Dude, tell you it really is. It really has. My son loves so, it. So I so I got one for all y'all. Are y'all in or out that if Desmond does struggle, Taylor can step in and do the job just fine? I'm in. I'm in. I think Desmond's got a long leash, and if if he's pulled, he's done. That yeah. that would be the end of it, and the Falcons will be in the market for a quarterback in 2024. Yeah, I agree. If he get pulled, you get done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in on that. Yeah, I like I like Taylor. I like what he's made of. I, I think he's a smart man. kid. Yeah, I think he can do the job if need be. I don't I don't think that will happen, but uh um, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think that that's that's a that's a good case. Um in or out, Bijan will lead the team in touchdowns. I'm in. Mm. It's a tough one. I'm going yeah, yeah, I'm in. I mean, because I think I, he'll touch it. He'll he's gonna catch. He's gonna run. Yeah, he, he made double number two. Uh, that's how confident I feel about that. Yeah, yeah. He just really said teams are gonna try Okuda early though. It just has You're to right, show man. Up. Yeah, definitely gonna try him. Yeah. So right, I got on. one last quarterback throwing for thirty-five touchdowns again. Yeah, it, it's it's exactly. gonna be Bijan. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I got one last and one. Bijan could have six touchdowns receiving too. Very yeah, well. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and man, yeah, I would love to see him at receiver. I w- I'm going to see him on the damn punt return, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I do. I want to see him everywhere. I heard so many good things. I heard he could do anything. I want he could block. He could run. He could. I, I want to mm-hmm. see this. Um, so I got one last one. Uh, y'all in or out? Deion Sanders was the only true shutdown corner that ever was. I'm in. I'm out. Oh, Scott yeah, said, man. oh, Scott, who I'm else? Not, he I'm said not. it so fast. He's, he's, I mean, he's, he's the best coverage guy in the history of this game as far as I'm concerned. It's but who? it doesn't make him the only shutdown corner to ever play the game. Scott, yeah. you got Dale, it. Dale, Dale, Dale Revis. Dale I, know, Revis. I mean, it, who, who, was the, who was the argument with at that time that Deion Sanders was number one? Do you remember? Champ Bailey? Rod Woodson. No, Rod Woodson. Oh, yeah. Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson. Yeah, and I'll take Rod Champ, Woodson. too. Yeah, I'll take, and champ. I'll take champ too as a shutdown guy and, and keep an eye on the kid over in Denver, Patrick Sertan also. Absolutely. Yeah. Moving forward. But no, he was, he was the best. If I got you, you were talking about one throw to make it's Joe Montana. I got one guy to cover. Now there's a story first meeting in Dallas. They're going coverage this coverage that and Dion, and I, this is, it could be an urban legend, but it's probably true. <laughs> Dion says, Oh, whoa, 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 stop. He walks up to the whiteboard and circles the guy on the receiver. He says, I got him. Walks back and sits down. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I don't need anything else. I got this yeah. guy. You guys figure yeah. out what you're going to do yeah. with the other 10. Yeah. Prime right. time. We love we you. Will end, we will end it with this. In or out, the Falcons will have 10 or more wins this year. I'm you're, in. In your gut. Like in your gut. Scott said he's not hesitating. Scott, but, but you saying 10, like 10, 11, 12, or you saying 13, I'm at 14? 10 and 7 right now. So if you're going to say 10 or more and I say 10, I better say I'm in. There you go. I know no, you're I'm in, Mike. Saying, uh, 17, 17 though, right? undefeated, buddy. I'm 17 <laughs> undefeated. Super Bowl. I'm not going no less than 17, buddy. No, I went through it. I went through it yesterday morning on my show and I was like, okay, I see eight and nine being on the table. I, I really can. 
if if Desmond Ritter struggles and you've got some of these road games, I, I, eight and nine is on the table. Scott I can't picture seven and ten. But as I went through it, I still came up no, with ten. Can't do it. Yeah. Can you see twelve, Scott? Yes. In your yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think eight is the floor, and I think the ceiling is probably twelve. Oh, love it. You know what? You know what, man? I I mean, honestly, like, I don't remember this much positivity around the preseason of a Falcons season in a long-ass time, like Mm -hmm. a long time, even even before 16. It helps when the absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if y'all were Falcons fans, but you're not from here if you were Braves fans, too. And the Braves fans would have higher attendance in the regular season than they would in 2001 playoff game. Like, oh, the Mm -hmm. Braves, they don't care about this. Like, no, no, we're just tired of watching them go and stink it up in the playoffs. We're going to watch college football. It's like we had the second best attendance in in, in Major League Baseball, but we know they're going to kick the ball around and swing and and look like amateurs in the playoffs. We'll watch college football down here in the South instead. Mm -hmm. Then they are out for a while. And as soon as they come back in, oh man, the city's lit up, you know, and it was like all that stuff was forgotten. So the Falcons were really good for a nice stretch, but they mm-hmm. haven't been good in five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even know, leading into 16. Six, five, and people are yeah. excited. Hey, they got a chance to be good again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's and exciting. like I said, oh, dude, this man. And like I said, even before 16, I mean, you know, 15 was a little shaky with Shanahan's offense. And you remember yeah. Matt saying, like, when we figure this out, we're going to be unbeatable. I remember him saying yeah. that on the sideline. And this happened, they figured it out in 16, and it was, but nobody really we didn't know what was going into it. And we're still, even with all the uncertainty around it, I think it's just, I mean, like Mike said earlier in the show, man, the attitude change, the culture change, everything about it, the players that we have, the coaching staff that we have, the kind of just, you know, gritty, get after it type of guys. Like that's, that's just what we've been wanting. That's what we've been needing for so long, man. I just, I can't, I think it's going to be a great showing that, that the training camp's going to be awesome. I think there's going to be a lot of folks out there, what there should be. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have some fun, man. Um, so anybody that comes on Thursday, make sure you, the three of us will be there. So yeah. come find us. Say, hey, we'll be out there. Um, and uh, sweating with, you know, 95 degree or whatever the hell it's supposed to be. It's going to be hot as hell. <laughs> so bring water. Bring water and coolers and all that good stuff. But, um, Scott, dude, thank you for coming on tonight. Thank man. you That's so much, Scott. Well, I appreciate you having me. And uh, we got nice to do it again. Of, nice meeting uh, some of y'all in the chat. So appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, man. Same for any anybody that watches Scott normally that's over here from his channel. Man, appreciate Thank you guys you so tuning much. in. Yeah, if you like our show, come on back and watch us. We're typically just so you, you guys know, we do a preview show during the the, the season. It's going to be on Thursday because my kids' baseball practice. I just found out it's going to be on Wednesday, so we're moving our Wednesday show to Thursday. It's all well, I do no morning Scott, shows. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good call. Yeah. So the uh, Scott knows baseball schedule is insane. So we, uh, you know, uh, it, it always changes. So Thursday is going to be our preview show for that week going into Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have uh, the recap show either after the game on Sunday, to, again, depending on baseball, or mm-hmm. it'll be uh, on Monday, possibly Tuesday at the, at the, you know, the latest. So, but we'll have two shows a week, possibly a third pop-up show, depending on just what the Falcons news is, something crazy happens, free agency, you never know, or a free agent signing, who knows what. Um, but we're always going to keep the content coming. Um, and then uh, again, Scott, we'll have you back on, man, at some point we got to for sure. Um, but you guys, welcome to subscribe to our channel, hit the like button, share it. We're going to keep growing. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, drop us a five-star review so we can keep growing on those platforms as well. We appreciate all the folks that listen out there. Um, And I'm just going to see Wallace, man. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, Wallace.
Lisa, appreciate you as always. Yes. Don't forget that email unless you've already sent it so I can get your shirt out to you. It's going to be a special year, Bobby. I'm feeling it, yes, man. Yes, Bobby. I'm feeling it. Um, yeah, great. Hey, appreciate you, Jordan. Yeah, Thank man. you, Jordan. Y'all have a great night, man. Yeah, man, for sure. Millie Mills. So, Thank you, man. Uh, uh, who wins? Uh, oh, the Falcons are winning our division, buddy. You know. That's, that's what's happening. Yeah, Come Falcons on. are winning our division. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I just think they're the most stable team right now. You know, yeah. Tampa Bay is in a state of flux. What's Dennis Allen doing at the at the Saints? They they should have been better than they were last year. You got a new year of Frank Reich with a rookie quarterback. Oh, I mean the the team I think that is the most stable. I feel like the surest bet right now would be the Atlanta Falcons, and and then probably the Saints, and then a toss up between uh, the the Buccaneers and Panthers. So I, I think I'd edge it a little bit for the Falcons, and then the Saints number two. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young yeah. is food. You heard that from Millie Mills. <laughs> That's right. I love it. All right, guys. Look, y'all have a great week, man. Uh, like I said, uh, drop the subscription, the subscribe button for us. Hit the like. I'm sorry. Subscribe. Hit the like button for us. See, I need food. It's 9:50. Yeah. I haven't had dinner yet. My yeah. See, that's what happens. So anyway, appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. We will see you next week. Uh, probably back on Wednesday next week. Actually, you know what? Uh, we might do a show on Thursday this week. On Thursday, yeah. yeah. So we might we might do a show Thursday this week because we're going to training camps. So we, we might do a day one training camp show and come on and whoever John wants to come on. And... You know, uh, at this point, he's very I really very tired. Yeah, I'm very very tired. I, I got up. You know, we, our, our actual work is going crazy right now, so it's just <laughs> you know it's it's tough. It's tough, but, but uh, I we just want to thank everybody in the chat. We want to thank you again, Scott. Y'all, can y'all go subscribe to our TikTok, our Twitter, our YouTube? Uh, whatever the kids are doing now, Snapchat, but I don't know. I, just go <laughs> hit a, a button somewhere and do something. If what, it does what, what this, did, uh, hit it. I just know that much. Okay. What did uh, I love you guys? Thank you. What Arthur say? Snap face or whatever was that? Was that what Belichick yeah, just said that? Face. Snap face. Yeah, you can follow us on Snap face. Yeah, and make sure hey, the guys that y'all in there that's our typical uh, viewers, make sure y'all check out Scott's channel or subscribe to him as well. Please do. Great content, Scott. Tell everybody where they can find you before we hit this. Yeah, you can hit me up at Scout Kennedy on Twitter, Twitter X, or just go to YouTube.com slash Scott Kennedy if you want to find me. Both of those will work as well. Love it. Mike, take us out, buddy. We got to have you back on. We appreciate you, Scott. We appreciate the chat. Out of your falcon mind. Peace!